Hi everyone, we're Lana and Mercedes. And we're the onion peelers. <laughs> Today, our topic of choice is... The onion of the body. <laughs> yeah, it is the onion of yeah. the body. The koshas. Mm. So all the different layers that we are made up of. So this is like... Um, we are like an onion. <laughs> we yeah. are like an onion. Like uh, the sutra said, how our body can be gross and disgusting. Mm-hmm. We can smell like an onion. <laughs> but we can also be like onion in that we are made up of many layers. It's uh, quite interesting because we are always looking at the one layer. I mean, we're going to talk about the different layers, but... Yeah. Also, if you look at the kind of like, well, now it's changing a little bit, but medicine and stuff is like, we're always talking about our body, our physical body. Yeah, it's interesting because medicine really shifted yeah. perspective to yeah. the physical body in like the 19th century. Um, moving away from, because before that, we looked at things like humor and energy and... Um, and of course, this we're talking about Western medicine. Things outside of Western medicine have looked at uh, the different layers of the body other than the physical body for a long time. Mm-hmm. But Western medicine really moved away from looking at this. So are you, are you saying that originally also Western medicine had a more holistic approach? Yeah, well, holistic in the idea of... Because we didn't have the knowledge that we have now about... Uh, like. Uh, antibiotics and certain sulfa drugs and mm-hmm. that really work on the physical body itself. So before this, the advent of these drugs, yeah, there was more. Uh, there was more looking at the energetic body. I would say medicine was more. Yeah, I don't know holistic. I don't know if I would say that, but not just looking at the physical aspects of of illness. And yeah. I, I mean, like if you look at, now I'm stepping way into depths that I probably shouldn't step into because I don't know enough about it. But I mean, if you think of uh, like the first quote unquote physicians, um, yeah, they looked at this idea that if you had an illness that there was some like spiritual imbalance or stuff like that. Um yeah, non-Western medicine has always done that, not just looked at the physical body. Well, it's interesting because that's why it's called disease, right? Yeah, disease. Yeah. Why is it called disease? Because you're not at ease. Yeah. Because there's something going on. It's not just called, I don't know. Well, at least in English. (laughs) Not just called like rot. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, like sucky. (laughs) I'm feeling sucky. Yeah. Now I'm thinking now to Spanish we don't have that. But in English it's very obvious the word dis ease. Yeah. Like you're not at ease. There's something yeah. that needs attention as opposed to this part of your body needs attention. Uh, I don't know. I have a feeling that Western medicine is a, is a lot more localized. Yeah, definitely. Looking I think Western looking medicine at looks at thing. symptoms. Yes. Looks at the symptom and fixes the tries to fix the symptom or take the symptom away yeah 
uh, that's not always the case, but that's often generally how. And of course, Western not every medicine. doctor approaches yeah. like this, but in yeah. general. In general, yeah. Yeah. All right, but the yogis knew. But Mercedes, wait. Oh yes, ask me. Mercedes, are you are you ready? You mean, am I ready to peel this onion? Are you ready to peel this onion? I was born to peel this onion. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to peel the onion of the onion of the, the onion, onion of, of the, the onion. onion. <laughs> Great. Yeah, so what was it, like 2,500 years ago in this wonderful text, yogic text, Kind of uh, the text it's considered the tantric Upanishad. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure the one that kind of introduces some of the concepts of tantra. Uh, the they talk about that the body or that we not the body but we are made up of five bodies. So an individual has five layers, the koshas, the sheaths. And, um, yeah, the, the, the one that we, like you were saying, are most familiar with probably is this, the outermost sheath. The meat suit. The meat suit. <laughs> this suit of meat that we are living in. Well, it's fun just fun interesting it's fun interesting <laughs> yeah that's a great word it's fun and interesting <laughs> that we're two in one came out i was trying to say interesting but and funny at the same time and fun interesting came out that's <laughs> so, great our new word that's fun interesting uh it's fun interesting to know <laughs> to note that uh <clears throat> this outer layer on the maya kosha is uh literally translated as your food layer so you are <laughs> what you eat right so it can literally be a meat suit well and we were talking about in um uh, when we were talking about the eight-limbed path we talked about uh the idea of uh, brahmacharya and being celibate mm -hmm. and being in control of your sexual Senses. desires yeah. and your sexes your senses good lord <laughs> this is going to be a fun <laughs> we're going to have to write some translations underneath yeah. um, the idea in the in Ayurveda the science of yoga <laughs> is that we are what we eat so this is called right we create ojas from our ojas our, our aura comes from this and our reproductive seed comes out of this but basically it's an assimilation of all of the things that we take into our body yeah and even in more western type of approaches also that's why we have that phrase that you just uh, said like you are what you eat yeah so yeah if you put a lot of food your anamaya kosha is gonna be rather large oh, yeah exactly <laughs> expansive and if you yeah eat a lot of crap then mm. this kosha is also going to be out of balance out of balance yeah i think th this is a really interesting um because even though i think oftentimes we're out of tune with the different layers of our body that even though that this 
layer is the most obvious one and perhaps the easiest to grasp because it literally is the only uh, layer that is tangible. Mm-hmm. Like it has a physical, uh, seeable um, presence. But uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are so well connected to it. No, or that we take good care of it. Yeah. Or that we are intentional with the way we, yeah, we manage our body. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we go wandering around why, why we're miserable and why we're getting ill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this idea of we want to start to tune in and listen to even this outer sheath. So I think uh, some people even say that this outer sheath is also generally, I think, speaking of if we really strictly look at what is the outer sheath, it, it is the physical body, it is assimilation of what we eat. Um, but some refer to this outer sheath as also our connection to the whole world around us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we also should consider not just our body, but the bodies of all of those beings around us because. Um, our external body is all, like my external body is also your external body, but they are for you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that's where this arises. The question arises, who am I? <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's interesting because the cautious um, system can be seen towards uh, inside yeah. or towards the outside. Yeah. So either or anyway, they're five and they're interconnected and, they're working together. Yeah. But I, I've, I've, I've read about both views. Yeah. The layers going from the outer in and the layers going from the inner out. Yeah. Which is just what you said. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it's kind of like learning to connect to yourself so that you can connect to the universal truth, right? Yeah. Microcosmos into macrocosmos. macrocosmos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so if you went for a walk today or you did some physical exercise or did uh, asana practice, then, um, you already worked on your food body, on your Anamaya Kosha. If you ate something, uh, you already contributed to the building up of and the existence of your external body. Um, and I think what, uh, what is interesting too, is the more that we become in tune with this body, the more also, if we just think about food, we start to listen, like if we start to listen to the signs of the body, not necessarily the energetic signs, but uh, different signs yeah. that our body tells us what our relationship is with our environment and what is good for us and what is maybe not so beneficial. Like eating certain foods might Definitely. have effect. I think on that's you. one of the first things that people experience also when they start to be more consistent, for example, in the practice of yoga. Yeah. That they're like, hey, I'm starting to change the way I eat, reconsider some foods that they might take or you know if you know that you're practicing the following day yeah then maybe not taking that second portion yeah just like you said i think it only comes by chewing into yeah this layer yeah 
So that's the first one then, the Anamaya Kosha. So I guess Ana means food? Ana means food. Because yeah. Maya means consisting of, right? Yeah. Made of. Yeah. And Kosha, I guess, is layer sheath. Sheath, container, sheath. something like that. Yeah. All right. So maybe it's interesting to, before we move on to the next one, to maybe go over a little bit how these sheaths work together. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I know that a lot of people uh, give the example of the Russian dolls, oh, which is yeah. really beautiful. It is very, uh, it's a great way to visualize. So what about the Russian dolls? So that the sheets are how uh, you have the bigger doll and then there's the smaller doll inside and another smaller doll inside and so on. So that the kosha is kind of working this way. Yeah. But the Russian dolls are separate from each other. Yeah. And the koshas actually, they kind of, integrate with one another right they kind of i mean they really do it's kind of like um like a tapestry i don't know how yeah right what's generally said is the layer underneath has more influence than the layer above so as opposed to the outer layer yeah yeah the from it works more from the inside outward but Obviously, there's communication both ways. So you could think of it as like, of course, the only example I'm thinking of is a very scientific one. Oh, yeah. But if you think of a permeable membrane. Okay. There, well, <laughs> actually. Two solutions. Yeah. Like the ideas. That, yeah. The, if you think of a sheath as a membrane that's permeable and you have this fluid on either side, that there can be exchange between the fluids over and across the membrane. Okay, then I'm proud of what I was thinking, Tim, if I was wrong, because actually, you know, what came to my mind was fascia, yeah, which exactly. kind of works in that yeah. way, which yeah. is funny, totally off-topic, well, not so much, but I did watch, because um, I'm reading this book about hydration, which is very mm. interesting, called Quench, and they're talking about how... Who wrote that book? I don't know, like a, a, a doctor and some other woman that did research on some tribes that lived in the desert and she wanted to know how they gave hydration. Yeah. And her mom used to suffer from dehydration, so that's why she went on this quest. Anyway, super interesting. And, and they were talking about how fascia is responsible for hydrating your body as well and how it moves yeah. uh, literally water. So yeah. then, of course, nerdy me, I had to go to YouTube and I watched... Uh, like fascia movement. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. <gasps> wow, it's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. This thing is, like, so amazing. Yeah. As osteopaths, that's what we work with, uh, connective tissue. So fascia is a type of connective tissue. And uh, uh, the idea is that, yeah, in order to improve, um, like, exchange within the body and circulation within the body, we need to look at how um, connective tissue functions. So very much looking at how fascia... This thing is everything. (laughs) Yeah. It's also... um, There's so much new, really cool, interesting interesting research going on into this field. It's a growing new and growing field. um, And looking at how it's innervated, so the nerve uh, endings that uh, are supplied in fascia and the information that's coming from these structures and going back into the central nervous system. Yeah, I was just about to say, I'm sure that there's a lot of connection between the fascia and the nervous system and the way we feel. It's like literally your bag is so tight. How can you find freedom? 
Anyway, we kind of like took a turn. That's my fault. But uh, yeah, if you are a nerdy like us out there, Google fascia movement on YouTube is fascinating. Yeah. So going back to the koshas, then the koshas are kind of like this fascia texture thing that, yeah, interact one side with the other and so on. Yeah. There's permeability between the layers. Crosstalk. Everything is connected and woven together. So what would you say are um, ways for us to keep this kosha healthy, happy and balanced? Exercise. I mean, that's the first main thing. And what you take into your body. Good food. nutrition, yeah. good hydration. Yeah. Rest also. Definitely. Though rest uh, has more of an effect on the next layer. Yeah, that's true. And maybe but, the one after also, yeah. But of course, rest uh, is also there for the Or, or maybe, let's say, because you just mentioned exercise, which of course, but uh, maybe like exercise in balance. Exercise right? in balance, yeah, sure. If you're going <laughs> to no, be like... like <laughs> maybe not like extreme weightlifting. Yeah. Yeah, anything that is going to keep your body well-nourished and happy and yeah. in balance. And I shouldn't say no extreme. I, I didn't mean to make it sound like I'm saying no extreme <laughs> weightlifting, but then that should be balanced with something else. No, but so you yeah, know, like sometimes people can, can actually hurt themselves by doing too yeah. much exercise if they're like kind of out of yeah. whack. Yeah, people can rupture muscles doing... Uh, yeah, and like precisely pull tendons off of Ugh. insertion points yeah well yeah that's very there's common. no fixing that yeah all right so please take be careful <laughs> be careful yes and definitely of course it is called anamaya kosha so be conscious of what you eat become conscious of what what it feels like to eat something and what effect it has on your body. I mean, it's amazing because we walk around with this super intelligent machine that gives us all the signs that we need and sometimes we're just so good at looking the other way. Yeah. So yeah, by eating well, we don't mean like suck on a leaf and... (laughs) (laughs) Suck on a leaf? Definitely not, but... Choose, be conscious of what you put in your mouth and, and if you're going to have that glass of wine or whatever, then yeah, just like make that a conscious decision as yeah. opposed to just be driven by your senses, yeah. which I never do. Oh, no. <laughs> Chocolate? Wine? No. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, my body is a temple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, it's interesting talking about food because food in the yogic sense is made up of what? Prana. <gasps> well, not, so, yeah, most, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of believe that depends on the well, food. Well, no, I mean, even the ones that are low in prana, they are just low, low in prana. prana. Yeah. yeah. So if we think of like whole, what we call whole foods, so foods as close to the original source or like (coughs) broccoli that is broccoli that has just been like harvested not been cooked to death into like a mush of a broccoli mush these are things that are very high in fresh natural foods 
no additives, no frozen stuff, no canned stuff, of course. Yeah. It's like all of those will be higher on prana. Yeah, the nutritious. The yogis say that the sun is the ultimate source of prana. That's true. That's why they don't really recommend uh, mushrooms. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and and uh, oh yeah, I think I've had. Yeah, and it's because of that because they they are not under the sun. Oh, yeah. And that's why also there are stories of um, yogis that go off and live in caves. Uh, and just to live off of sunlight. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try that at Don't home. Don't try that at home. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. But it's different if you're a yogi and already doing all these hardcore practices. Yeah. Probably they could, you know, do that. But uh, yeah, let's not try it. But I think that it is worth saying there are times when, when you don't get enough sun. It's called lack of vitamin D production. And then you don't feel so good. Absolutely. So in countries where there's less sunlight. You mean like here? Yeah. <laughs> Though, I mean, global warming has changed that a bit. Yeah, absolutely. But funny that you say that. I mean, I've been living here 20 years now. I would say like the first six, I would always get so like depressed. Yeah. At the time that, you know, that shifts into the winter time. Yeah. And not necessarily because it was cold, but yeah, I've it's never dark, been in a place so dark for so long. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to get it and I must admit, again, don't really try this at home because, well, it's not super healthy, but I did go to the summit a few times yeah. just to give me a little bit fix and I would always feel, feel better, yeah. a little bit better. So yeah. I stopped doing that years ago because now I'm totally acclimatized. And also just like you said, we haven't really had a dark or really cold winter in a few years. Yeah. Because it's been totally crazy the weather here. Yeah. But uh, no, absolutely, you feel it in your body, especially if you grew up in places where, you know, there's a lot of sunlight. Yeah, even just what it feels like to go out on a sunny day, like to feel the warmth of the mm. sun on your skin or the warmth of the sun on your back. Yeah. That is such an amazing feeling. I mean, perhaps there are people out there that don't enjoy that feeling, but that gives such a boost yeah yeah it feels so good yeah sunlight is so wonderful yeah the amazing powerful sun i know and without the sun we wouldn't be here no right no so it's pretty amazing thing this Big ball of prana in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Big ball of prana in the sky. But okay, so we talked about the uh, outer layer, which is really physical and it's tangible. It's the gross layer. Then we go inwards and we're going to go into more and more subtle layers. So this next layer, the second layer, is a subtle layer and it consists of energy, uh, which in yoga is called prana. Uh, and um, it is called the Pranamaya Kosha. Exactly. The layer of the body made up of prana, of energy. Yeah, this is, this is really the layer that's like, determines the way that you feel. Like if you're feeling sleepy, or if you're tired, or you're low, you would describe yourself as low energy or mm -hmm. high energy, 
or this is the layer that's affected and the layer that's um, expressing itself then. It is, yeah, how you feel energetically. So funny because it can sound a little bit like, ooh, energy body. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, if you don't have this vitality within you, then you are really just the meat suit. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, uh, we just made a smoothie downstairs. So imagine if you wouldn't plug into the electricity, then everything is just standing there, becoming stagnant. You need yeah. that force yeah. to keep everything flowing. Yeah. So sometimes, I don't know, it can sound a little bit out there and hippy-dippy, but this is a very, very, very important part of our being. Yeah. It's, yeah, we call it prana, but you could call it vitality, energy, electricity. Electricity, yeah. Uh, how are you going to get everything moving? Then then it's like, um, yeah, then you're dead. Yeah. Well, actually, that's what happens when you die, right? Your prana yeah. depletes and yeah. your outer layer is still present. Yeah. So it's like that last breath is like the last bit of prana leaving prana. your body. And then it's like when you see someone who is like, uh, I don't know, very well balanced and feeling good in their skin and having energy, you know, those people, when they enter a room, you notice them. Yeah. You're noticing their prana. Yeah. Yeah. Your prana is fantastic. <laughs> what do you, you take? Have amazing prana. Why, I, yeah. Why do we, that's interesting because. We do all of these things to affect the outer body. I think of all like the uh, go for a chemical peel and get that glow in your skin. Yeah. But really, <laughs> but really, it's the energetic body that it's, allows. You're so right. Why are we stuck with this fucking outer layer? Yeah. It's like all that money. It's like just bring it back inside. Yeah. And then you know work from the inside out, and then your skin will glow because also. Everything yeah. is all the juices are moving, moving yeah. and everything is going into the right processes and everybody happy. But no, we get so sad with this bloody outer layer. Yeah. And then it's like, for example, if you see someone who sadly might be very ill or yeah. about to die, then you can really see yeah. that their prana level is yeah. absolutely low. So, yeah, it's funny because in a way we know these things. I'm just like you say, we're still not doing anything about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yogis do, yeah. but uh, at least we try to. But yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> yeah. This is really what kind of makes us tick. Were you afraid that... <laughs> I was like, it's not recording. <laughs> oh my God. You're, the look on your face was amazing. Like Sorry, I, guys. We're I still very the, new at all this stuff. I, so. I caught the split second of you. <laughs> <laughs> of another one of your... Of your another one of your coaches ramping into action. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Um, by the way, I should take this as an opportunity to... Right? We are not... I don't, I'm sure there are like professional podcasters out there. I don't know. But there are people who do sound editing and stuff. I have to say that this lady sitting across from me is doing an amazing <laughs> job. She does all of the editing. Thank you very much. But I will not take it because I did put a double episode last week. So I'm sorry to you guys that you have to that you had to hear the the pain podcast for two hours. <laughs> that was an honest mistake. I fixed it now. But thank you very much. I've been enjoying it very much. 
so we're learning as we go along. Right. Yes, definitely. So if you have any suggestions or feedback, please don't be shy. Yeah. So prana, pranayama kosha. Which, you know, so as much as we say this is an intangible thing in in the sense you that... You not tangible? Yeah, not tangible. Mm. It really is. It really is. Because you your can, breath is very tangible. Yeah, and you can also feel Maybe if you're like, sleepy, you can feel if you're low totally. energy. I think it's more like you cannot see it. We're yeah. so used to like see our hand, our feet and whatnot. But yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah. But it's especially when you start to tune in you can really get a sense of it. Yeah, you can also see the effect that it has on the la- layer above. Yeah. Whether the the sheath of this kosha is permeable or not, or fluid or not. Yeah. I can definitely feel when it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So which ways do you think are, are, are good ways to keep it happy? Well, I mean... There's this whole limb of yoga that is used to work on this part of the body called pranayama. And really that, that's working on adjusting and um, tuning, fine-tuning this layer of ourselves. But um, the physical work that we do with asana also works into this layer as well. So the two go hand in hand because the physical also helps to unstick knots of energy in the body so that it can flow more freely. And also the practice of meditation helps to work into this uh, this aspect of the body, so the energetic level. What's really cool about this level is basically this is our healing power. Our self-healing mechanism lies in this layer of the pranamaya kosha. It is our internal medicine cabinet. So if we can uh, really tap into this layer, then we open up this whole um, pharmacy within ourselves. And then we never have to go to Kravat. No, we never have to go to Kravat. <laughs> we never have to go to the doctor again. I mean, okay, let's... No, but it's true. You mean like, for example, let's say that you cut yourself and like the more the healthier the pranamaya kosha then the the better it will heal and the quicker and yeah yeah i think also <clears throat> being able to access things like yeah we do have a storehouse of incredible uh, medicines within our body if we uh, if i think i'm just thinking of a really clear example are endocannabinoids they're um like cannabis oil <laughs> cannabis oil yeah there is cannabis oil yes <laughs> exactly so I'm sure reason, that's also accessing the pronoun the reason why uh cannabis works on us is because we have receptors for these molecules but we have receptors for these molecules because we also make these substances within our own body our nervous system makes oh uh, for real for real oh my god that's amazing that's why they're called endo endo means inner cannabinoids so cannabinoids that we make ourselves yeah they're very linked to how our immune system functions and um, other processes within the nervous system itself also within your brain Uh, it's also linked to pain perception and how uh, pain loops work endocannabinoids uh, are involved in that as well so it is like our internal 
part of the, one of the drugs that is in our internal medicine cabinet. <laughs> and, you know, what's really, whereas more and more research is going into, and everybody, it's a big hype now, is this whole thing about breath work. Mm. And this idea of using our breath, our vital energy, uh, to help heal ourselves in many ways, to balance our nervous system, to uh, to also bring balance into different layers of the body. So yeah, like you mean different practices to activate different uh, layers or processes or yeah, whatnot. but yeah. also the idea of the the healing power of breath itself. Well, it makes sense, right? It's like your breath is shallow and restricted. Yeah, but that doesn't feel good, right? Yeah. If you take a nice deep breath, especially out there in nature, yeah. in the forest, how amazing is that? Yeah. It, it it's then you really get that layer fluid and flowing and yes, exchanging awake, with happy the other layers of the body. Yeah. 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 It's um it's a pretty pretty amazing um, layer to be able to tap into. I'm surprised that there's not like energy doctors. There are energy doctors. What are they called? <laughs> there are all kinds of energy. I mean, if you think of acupuncture, it does not work yeah, on the physical true. body. It works on the on pranic the body. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there are pranic healers. Yeah. And there are... Well, I'm sorry, I should have said out of the alternative medicine oh. thing so i mean like within let's call it what do you call it, regular medicine yeah yeah you know like you have uh i don't know you have your physical your primary care physician and yeah. then your energy uh, care physician <laughs> yeah but, but for real yes yeah. something like that why not i mean there's all these uh, branches of medicine you know like you have a neurosurgeon and uh this and that why can it not be I don't know, like an energetic uh, doctor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do, but they're not part of the uh, non-alternative mm, medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're considered alternative medicine. Yeah, but that's the thing. Or complementary people... medicine. Yeah, yeah, complementary, yes. So what other ways can we strengthen this layer and keep it happy? Well, we already talked about food. I think food also has to do with this layer. Yeah, well, we said that they do. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, practices of pranayama, so breathing practices. Um, meditation. Meditation practices. To being able to tune into this uh, part of the body. To yeah. be able to feel what... Um, what gives us energy, what depletes us of energy. I was just about to say, I'm sure like also a nice way to charge these layers by just surrounding yourself with people that have this kind of nice energy. Yeah. Walking in nature. Yeah. Yeah, being outside, the whole practice of grounding, right? Connecting to the earth with bare feet. Having lots of plants in your house. Having <laughs> lots of plants in your house, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Having cats. In yes, your house. Having cats in your house. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, cats. We love cats. Yeah, sorry guys. In every episode Ooh. there has to be some cats <laughs> there has to be there. Some mention of cats. 
my cats are extremely quiet today, which is pretty unique. Samba was screaming during practice earlier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody was looking up. Funny. Anything we like to add on this layer? Um. No, I think a, maybe a, um, a nice practice maybe to try is like um, before you're going to bed to just pay attention to your breath without exerting any kind of control on your breathing and just to witness and watch um, watch your breath and it's the practice of um, being breathed watching yourself being breathed as opposed to actively breathing yourself just your body will do that for you just naturally so just to watch the movement of breath through the body and once we can kind of concentrate on this and follow our breath in and out that we can really start to tap into the feeling of this this subtle body that you start to feel that um we're not limited by the physical boundary of our skin, but that this is also a layer that pervades everything that pervades the space around us. That's why, you know, when you walk into a room, you can sense an individual sometimes. There's this idea of their energy is larger or more expansive than mm -hmm. the physical barrier of their skin yeah to be able to while you're laying in bed like to feel to try to tap into this layer i think another moment where this layer might be a little bit more accessible for most of us is also maybe during shavasana yeah kind of like just observing the workings of the practice, the fluidity, what's happening inside. Yeah. I think once people start to build a consistent practice, that's, I don't know, many times they describe it as a tingling sensation or just feeling really peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be tapping into another layer, the deepest one <coughs> as also, well. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, but that's the thing that the, the you're getting closer. Yeah, yeah. You're a little bit further away, so... Yeah. Yeah. Everything brings you closer to the... To the in, inner world, the inner cosmos. The inner cosmos. This prana maya kosha connects our external body to another form of our internal body, which is... Which is what? La cabeza. <laughs> La cabeza. Sí. Um, is it also is that also the Spanish term for pumpkin? Oh. Or squash. You. It's very similar. I understand why you're getting confused, but no. One is cabeza. Yeah. Which, by the way, it means head. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the pumpkin is calabaza. Oh, calabaza. But okay. it sounds very similar. Yeah. That's and then squash would be calabacin. 
okay. A little, a little pumpkin. A little pumpkin, yes. So, yes, we're talking about the mind. The mind. The manomaya. Well, the manomaya kosha. The mental body. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just the head that was kind of a joke. It's the mental body. <laughs> and the mental body itself is built up of layers. Right? Yeah, maybe that's good to make a little interim because that comes from the word manas, I suppose. Yeah. Mano, manas. And the manas are made out of the ego, the senses, and and the mind. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like uh, the basic information we get, right? The Yeah, this is generally the mental body is thought of as the... <clears throat> Kind of the unconscious thing or the automatic things. That's it, yeah. Like the uh, rough but, cut, let's say. But the, I think the automatic things, if we are in unawareness, because we can also be very much aware of these things. So the, like if you think of emotions, emotions are um, kind of the roughest layer, let's say, of the mental body. They belong... To the mental body, but they're like this one of the more superficial aspects. But then we also have, all right, um, things that uh, patterns that show up in our lives that are part of this thing, like our attitudes, reactivity, uh, reactivity, our perceptions, th- the n- things that we learn from. Uh, culture, our culture, or growing up from our, from our in our family, uh, the stories that we tell ourselves. Those are the, the deeper layer of the mental body, that what we call samskaras in yoga. Yeah. And of course, everything that we perceive through the senses as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's not that it's negative. It's just like it's, it's a different layer of the mental body. Yeah. Yeah, thoughts, processing, sensory input. Oof. This layer gets overused every day. The other day, the other day I heard that we have about 70,000 thoughts a day. No wonder why we're exhausted all the time. Yeah. <laughs> especially if this part is really disconnected from the rest of us and you're thinking the same thoughts 70,000 times <laughs> yeah really <laughs> yeah what else are in these layers our beliefs our assumptions yeah it's how we perceive the world around us is very much uh, a part of this layer I mean, maybe it sounds a little bit uh, negative, and I don't mean it in that way, but this is kind of like the limiting mind, let's say. Right? Which, of course, through practices and through awareness, we hopefully move ahead, but it's kind of, yeah, what it's given to us, as opposed to what we filter. Yeah. Um. But I guess, yeah, it, it's important because also this layer makes who we are, right? Our, all layers make who we are. Of course. But it also but, but we arrive with this body. Yeah. 
well, we kind of arrive with the mind too, but we can train the mind to go in one direction or the other. And, and also, you know, through walking in this life, you're going to lean towards things that you love or move away from things that you don't like. So then your personality also develops. Yeah. And also the family that you grow up in, the culture that you grow up in, yeah. all of these things affect. Of course. How you, the opinions that you form. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, belief systems. Your yeah. belief system, it's all. And the yogis believe that we are born with many of these uh, belief systems already in place when we are, when we enter into this world. Because the samskaras are part of our karmic cycle. Um how cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, as yogis or as people who um, inquire into the self and ask the question, pose the question, who am I? Mm-hmm. Then we get to start to understand um, that this layer of ourselves, this mental body, is not the definition of who we are. Though I think very often... This is the layer that we most identify with as this is who I am. We, yeah. And the whole practice of yoga, right, is distancing ourselves from this, like making more space between ourselves and our thoughts so that we can be more aware of them. Even psychology does this, right? The idea of uh, posing questions about or challenging our belief systems or challenging the stories that we tell ourselves, the patterning in ourselves, uh, a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy uh, looks yeah. at and breaking down these patterns to uh, free ourselves from the suffering that can be... That we carry around with us. Around with us. <laughs> well, it, that it we makes, inflict upon ourselves. <laughs> it makes so much sense. You could call this the, let's say, the psychological layer. Yeah, Absolutely. the psyche. Yeah, because yeah. the psyche is also built up of emotion and perception and all that stuff. Yeah. So what would be a good way to keep this baby in balance? Meditation. Yeah, definitely. And then I think not just, uh, not just sitting back and... Um, sleeping <laughs> well hopefully you're never doing that but i think also going we, deeper into we, meditation yeah we maybe. also have to do some um questioning inner work. of some inner work and questioning the the first we need to become aware of for instance patterns that arise and so, the thoughts that are coming up yeah and then we can do the transformative work behind yeah. meditation which is okay i see now i see the pattern that arises uh, or I see the thought that arises, and the, only then can we kind of break that cycle of. Yeah, and in a way, we're also hopefully busy with that during asana practice. Yeah. So I think asana, even though it's you could call it more physical, it can bring these insights definitely. But hopefully, it's not just a physical practice. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Well. 
<laughs> that's what we hope for. That's what we pray for. That's yeah. why we're doing these. But that's yeah. why I think asana can be such a powerful tool because it does bring up uh, perceptions and thought patterns. I Ooh, mean, those patterns. If you're paying attention, I, I think that if that's not happening, then you're not paying attention. You mean or, if you don't never experience patterns coming up and yeah. and, and things like that? Absolutely. Then, I think. I think they become so clear on the mat. Yeah. That is, it can be very um, confronting. Yeah. And I think a lot of, that's why a lot of people don't say, like it. I don't want to do this anymore. Well, I think especially for a practice like uh, Ashtanga. Absolutely. Or practice where you're repeating something There's over. There's no escape. <laughs> yeah, over and over. There is, it is confrontational. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that mirror that you hold up every yeah. day. And we can choose to run. Or we can choose to face it mm. and work through it. Yeah. I like uh, Tara Brock. I always think, I always have her voice in my head. She says, um, she always refers to the process of attend and befriend. So you need to attend to what comes up, whether it's, a feeling or a thought and you need to accept it make friends with it make peace with it let it be there before you can move on to the next step yeah. of the process and kind of work through it or whatever that uh, Tara also is. has another beautiful meditation which is very much in this and it's called rain yeah well it's recognize not a, yeah. that's a technique uh, yeah but she's very much, uh, I've, I've heard her uh, leading this type of meditation before, so I think it's something that she especially uses a lot. So Tara Brock and the whole group of uh, uh, meditation teachers from the school, the trend, I can't remember the name of the school, they all formed this. So John Kabat-Zinn, um, Sa- I can't remember her name now, I see the cover of her book. In my head, which is red, real love. Her name is, and you know her, you have mentioned her name before. Sharon, you mean? Yes, Sharon Salzberg and Tara Brock, they all come from the same school and they all. And probably Joseph Goldstein as well. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I'm not familiar Um, with his work, but Sharon always mentions that. So they all have this concept of rain. So this is from Sharon Salzberg's book, Real Love. Um, And she says, uh, RAIN uh, is an exercise for welcoming your emotions. RAIN is an acronym for a practice specifically geared to ease emotional confusion and suffering. When a negative or thorny feeling comes up, we pause, remember the four steps cued by the letters, and begin to pay attention in a new way. First is R for recognize. Uh, so, um, the first step is just to notice what's coming up and then we acknowledge. So the second step is an extension of the first. You accept the feeling and allow it to be there. Uh, I is investigate. So now you begin to ask questions and explore your emotions with a sense of openness and curiosity. And N is non-identify. Oh, non-identify. In the final step of RAIN, we consciously avoid being defined by, identified with a particular feeling, even as we may engage with it. 
Great. Definitely these type of practices will uh, help us to keep this layer nice and healthy. Yeah. Beautiful. Also, um, sleep is very important for this. Thank God that we get those hours of turning off the machine a little bit. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really turn on. We're just unaware of it, right? What do you mean, turn on? I mean, turn Turn off. off. Turn off, I meant. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it really ever turns off. But it does need rest. (laughs) Well, that's why some people can't sleep, right? Mm, Yeah. The mind is just going and going and going. I guess but another the, another good way to keeping this layer happy is also by chilling out with your what do you call it the sensory input that you, yeah exactly yeah. put your phone away mm-hmm. turn off the laptop yeah kind of give yourself that moment to tune out a bit yeah yeah to take away input from outside to yeah come to rest very important yeah so sleep is. Re- the what replenishes this layer, and I should say good sleep is what <laughs> replenishes this layer. That's why they say that meditators, people who meditate for long periods, often need less sleep. Mm. Or Makes sense. People because they are able to replenish this layer of themselves um, within waking, so that technically they yeah, have like to they're sleep doing less. the work while they are. Well, we're all thinking about <laughs> one million things. Though physiologically, it'd be interesting to look and see how that uh, how that works, because sleep is really important, f- literally for the health of your brain tissue, for your nervous system. It, it is the moment that you clean up all the crap in your head, <laughs> literally. Yeah. It's the moment that to take the trash out. Yeah. So that was Mano Maya Kosha. Mana Maya Kosha. I think it's also worth saying that this is a, a part of the body that we also have to exercise. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like the, all of these concentration practices are training, yeah, training like... a muscle of concentration, right? To bring yourself back to a point, to keep your mind focused. Steady. Yeah. Otherwise, the manas yeah, goes everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of like if you don't train this muscle, then it makes it even higher to tap into the other layers also. Yeah. And of course, it's like, yeah, you, it doesn't feel great Yeah. <laughs> to have your head all over the place and just leading you through life, being all monkey mind. Yeah. There's, um, and in meditation right there, we uh, often our <laughs> mind just goes and wanders off. So we have to keep pulling it back. And this takes a lot of effort. And um, Daniel Brown, uh, he's also a very well-known meditation teacher uh, and a neuropsychologist. He calls it, oh, I'm going to get the word wrong, it's forced, like forced attention uh, or forced accountability, something like that. I can't remember the second. Uh, okay word with this idea that yeah we kind of have to force ourselves we have to put work effort into making ourselves well he's right on the money because yeah. can anyone tell me how easy it is to just sit there and watch your breath for <laughs> yeah it's without really your hard. mind wandering off 
Of course. Yeah. But yeah, if you don't have that little extra fire of efforts, then then you will just sit there and pretend that you're doing something while you're making your shopping list. Exactly. Or your mind is just wandering off and doing a million <laughs> other things that it wants to do as yeah. opposed to yeah. focusing your focusing your manas. Yeah. So the mind. And then we have the intellect. That's interesting. <laughs> we always have this That's like a person inside us that's watching. You know, like the the observer. Mm-hmm. The one that sees what's going on. The witness of... It's like when you... As I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm aware that I'm sitting here talking to you. That there's this kind of entity within me that is observing this whole scenario Mm -hmm. play out. It's kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) I know you could actually drive yourself kind of crazy just, but, but it's true. There is this, I don't know, tiny flame, this tiny consciousness. Yeah. Awareness. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't be aware of everything going on around you. No, which, I mean, there are many people who are not, I would say. True. But it's interesting because it's only coming from the inside. Like, if yeah. you look at part of the body, that part is not saying, hey, I'm aware of you. Yeah. So it is there. Yeah, there's this thing within us. This alien. This alien. <laughs> it's like the thing that pops out of the out of rebellion. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, my God. So silly. Hey, I just noticed that... Did you know that there's still a tag? Oh, man. I cannot be bothered. It's like every place I live in, I put the lab, and I always forget to take the the label. Yeah. The label's still on my lamp, on my sitting lamp. Well, we moved here over one year ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? It's been that long? Yeah. It's been one year. Wow, that's crazy. Facebook reminded us a few weeks ago. This um, this layer, which by the way I find it really hard to pronounce it, so you're gonna have to do the honors. Okay, I'm gonna give two pronunciations. Okay, vijnana, mm-hmm. vijnana, mayakosha, and vijnana mayakosha. Yeah, vijnana. Yeah, because often vignana. the the J N is nya. Yeah, just vignana. like the what is that called in Spanish? The N with Vienne. the N. Yeah. So the J and the N is Nya. Yeah, Vinyana. So Vinyana Mayakosha. Um, so the, the intellectual layer. Yeah. There's a whole path of yoga called Vinyana Yoga, which is the pursuit of intellect or becoming enlightenment, enlightened through intellect. So like reading all the... Great Texts. books and philosophies and uh, applying them to yourself or seeing how they apply to yourself and discerning how they are a part of you or not a part of you. Discernment. That's a, that yeah, is this layer is discernment. I think discernment. you nailed it with that. Discernment. It's like 
that part of our beings that makes, that asks maybe the bigger questions, that reflects. Reflection, yeah. Yeah. I think it really can... work very closely with steering the layer above it, the mind. Of course, because you're getting closer to the truth, hopefully. Yeah. So maybe like a simple, maybe like a very simple, silly example would be, so for example, we smell something delicious like the baking of fresh bread, and then we're like, mmm, yummy, I want to put that bread in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be the Manomaya uh, kind of kosher being at play. But then you go, maybe it's not the best choice to have that piece of bread now before I do so-and-so. And that kind of like reflection moment is, yeah, when you discern what is right from wrong or good yeah. from bad and... That's more the intellectual layer. Yeah. Um, that was a very simple uh, example, yeah. but it's also asking the bigger questions or... I think also a good example on a different layer of this would be a gut feeling, having a gut feeling. Yeah, that's a good one. Th- that's this layer. Intuition. Intuition. There's a part of the brain that they think is involved in this... This is a part of the brain that they're not quite sure. I'm not surprised. What it does. So, Yeah, you're not surprised that we don't know things. <laughs> Me, neither. Uh, this part of the brain is called the insula. Oh, yeah. It's nestled in the inside of the brain. It's one of the folds of this part of the lobes of your brain. Where, whereabouts is it? Like on the... If you... Um, around the level of your ear, there's a fold inward... An invagination and inward growth of your brain tissue so it's like in the center of your head here it's on the sides of the walnut on the sides of the <laughs> the walnuts yeah, yeah. but then inside but then in... inside yeah okay wow they often think that this is the well they often they <laughs> was they <laughs> but there has been some suggestion Research. that perhaps this is where uh, our gut feeling arises because there's a lots of information that comes from the the gut that goes into this area of the brain, but this part of the brain is un, a little bit unknown its specific function. However, this is one of the functions that is ascribed to this area, gut feeling. Anyways, that was a sidestep. Um, but this whole intuition like tapping into our intuition is also a part of this uh, of this kosha would you say reasoning is also part of this kosha yeah it's kind of like higher cognitive processes yeah kind of like working through the experience or yeah yeah okay yeah definitely reasoning i think um Things where we can also separate ourselves from the reactivity of something, of the emotion of something, and be discerning, or, yeah, then we're working with our intellect. Like the RAIN meditation, the example that we gave would be a great way to exercise this uh, this layer. Yeah. Yeah, being able to see things as they are, as opposed to us just reacting all over the place. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. That's a really good example, I yeah. think. Rain is a great example of exercising this. Okay, people, layer. you know what you have to do. Yeah. Everybody go Googling <laughs> rain meditation. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone is, is, is uh, in this path of inquiry. Yeah. But definitely this layer is very much related to all of that. The who am I? What is this life for? What am I meant to do in this life? Yeah. This is also right. why um, this is the layer that we're trying to access when we set forward certain ethical principles. Like that's why the at the beginning of the Eightfold Path we have the Yamas and the Niyamas is because it's really trying to bring us into this uh, this body to purify this body like to be aware of how we act within ourselves and towards others yeah finally this is very much related to the Ashtanga yoga in a way well we can talk a little bit about that but all those practices are working with all these layers yeah Vinyana Maya Kosha. So we said meditation, reading texts, self-reflection, all that kind of good stuff. Meditation, of course. Yeah, I said it already. Yeah. Mm. Clarity of judgment, intuition. We're getting closer. We're getting closer to the juicy, juicy core. The juicy core of ourselves. You were talking about laying in Shavasana. Mm. For those of you non-yogi uh, people, maybe who aren't familiar with uh, asana practice, you can be a yogi and not be familiar with asana. We do, we take rest after we do physical practice or after we do pranayama practice too. And sometimes also after you do meditation practice. Uh, we rest in what's called shavasana. Shavasana is usually translated as corpse pose. And it's the moment that we uh, let the prana in our body kind of move back into the central energetic channels. And it feels so good. It feels so good. Um, sometimes you might fall asleep. Not that I ever, ever fall asleep. No. <laughs> Never. Yeah, um, of course. I mean, maybe the Manamaya Kosha was extra exhausted that day yeah. and then... Uh, but I think that um, that that description of yeah feeling content and yeah whole, whole yeah and integrated yeah that's and perhaps for some it's a feeling of joy or love or. Like this penetrative peace. Yeah. That that is this body shining forth from its golden center out. That's uh, Ananda Mayakosha. Ananda, what does Ananda mean, Mercedes? Means please. Yeah. Ananda. And our bliss body. 
This is, I think, you know, when people refer to um, everybody, when we are born on this earth, everybody is born good. Yeah. That's talking about this, I think. Within us, we are all uh, light and love. Of course, but that's that's why, you know, watching children is so beautiful, because mm. they, they are these... They are so much more blissful than yeah. us grown-ups. Yeah, it's so sad because yeah, you are born with this bliss body and then slowly you start to pile up the layers on top of it. Piles and piles of manure. Uh, yeah. Packed nice and tight around this bright shining ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, watching children is fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, they're very much connected to the... When they're young, very much connected to this. Yeah, before, yeah, really young. Before all the I, me, like, don't like, then everything yeah. starts to go to shit. So, <laughs> but in the very beginning, it's beautiful because, yeah, it's like, it's, there's no filter. Yeah. Mm. And we're trying to get back to that. That ooey gooey center. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of like, we could, we could call the uh, Anandamaya kosha the home kosha. <laughs> the home kosha, I like that. Oh, yeah, it's like, it's your home base. Yeah. You just have to find your way back. Yeah. Have you ever eaten a Cadbury egg, or do you know what a Cadbury egg is? Are you okay? I lived in England for three <laughs> years. <laughs> of course I am. I'm surprised that you do, because it's so sweet. Yeah. They are very sweet. No, exactly. That's why, because, I mean, I can handle that because I was yeah. born with sugar everywhere, but uh, I think it's too sweet for you. It is very sweet, but I can eat it. <laughs> the Anandamaya kosha is like the <laughs> filling of the Cadbury egg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. English people are there. You know exactly what we're talking Americans about. Americans too know it. Oh, Cadbury yeah? Eggs. Okay. Yeah. Is Cadbury being in America? I don't know if it's big, but uh, okay, we have them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they look like an egg also. That's yeah, so weird. exactly. It is weird. <laughs> <laughs> They're white and yellow. Yeah. Yeah. But I love them. Mm-hmm. That brings you bliss, right? Like, like creamy centers. <clears throat> That's a good way to keep this layer happy. <laughs> Cadbury Eating eggs. Cadbury eggs. Uh, and why was a rabbit laying those eggs? Where? In the, it wasn't that there was a Cadbury thing. A rabbit was always laying these eggs. Oh, I don't know. Anyways, it's disgusting. Let's <laughs> we should find out. I know that when I, I think for so long, I've been so disconnected from this body. You mean this layer? Yeah, this yeah. layer. <laughs> from this body, too? I'm like, I'm like, I don't think you're disconnected from your body at all, but okay. <laughs> uh... No, I think there's definitely work to be done on several of the layers, <laughs> but always. Um, but I think for so long, I really felt deeply disconnected from this. I think if you suffer from depression, too, that you're really, it's hard to to see this and access this part of yourself. And yeah. Or when times are tough and... When the, I think when the mind really gets in the way or when the physical body 
And if there's really a lot of dis-ease in any of the layers above, which I think generally it's either the, the physical body, the energetic body, or the mental body, that it's really hard to access this part of ourselves. And I think for some of us as a, like a defense mechanism that we build, we build this These walls of like break. not even a wall. It's like, it's like a Cadbury egg made out of steel and lead and barbed wire. It becomes the most impenetrable <laughs> fortress. But the moment that we hack away at this wall, it reminds me, this is a really sidestep. Of course, you can edit this out. It reminds me of, I used to write songs all the time. Mm-hmm. And this is when I played guitar a lot. And um, I wrote songs all the time, and I wrote a song about this. Really? I wrote a song about... I remember one of the lines was like, um, I built this wall up around me. Uh, and it was in reference to uh, stuff that's happened in my in my life as a, a younger person. But um, yeah, I remember, I very vividly remember like this idea or this image of building a wall around like certain parts of myself. Uh, and I know that that's a metaphor that's always used. It's not like it, that's a new new metaphor that I just created no, as but a young beautiful. songwriter. But and I just thought randomly thought of that while we we're talking about building this fortress. Like, oh, that's a, oh, I would love to hear that song. I don't know if you could play it for us. I don't next know time. what I did with any of those. Oh, that's such a pity. Maybe your mom has it somewhere. Lyrics. I know. I should look and I'm sure my there is a box of stuff. I'm sure. If exactly all these notes and things, I'm sure she must have them somewhere. Yeah, I wrote lots of songs and I don't know what I did with any of them but anyways yeah this can be a difficult um, a difficult one to reach and I think too um, <laughs> that sometimes it's like the part of the body that you see people who are so um, I know this sounds very judgmental but I am not judgmental at all, ever. Me neither. <laughs> um, that, you know, people who are so carefree, don't seem to be phased by anything, uh, just dancing around. Yeah. Um, that, the, that these individuals, I, I always associated... Not anymore, but I was associated uh, this being in touch with that kind of individual that's very ungrounded and very um, like kind of naive almost. Mm. Of course, it's not fair to say that these these people are those people are naive. No, of uh, but I just had this kind of stereotypical image in my head of like a dancing a dancing hippie, I guess. Yeah, I would say. Like peace, love, and uh, love everyone, and everything is made of love. And I never got that. I never could connect to that. And now I can connect to it, even though, you know, it may not 
be the most but outright I, thing in my personality. But but I don't think a, a thing that you can feel that expansiveness and yeah. you don't necessarily have to do ecstatic dance half yeah. naked. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. think, I think also you can have that attitude and feel otherwise. Yeah. And you're covering something. Yeah. So, but, but it's a good, it's a good example. Yeah. Yeah. All this hippie movement was very much about that, right? Yeah. This love and expansiveness and, yeah. and divine and consciousness. Yeah. So they were, they were onto something for sure. Yeah. So yeah, this layer could be, while I was reading some things before uh, this episode, I was thinking, oh yeah, like home or like the core of who you are. Yeah, I think that's a nice way to to describe it, which we're not necessarily always connected to that part of our beings. Yeah, I think, yeah, depression. I think sometimes we're really good at even hurting this part of our being. Yeah, uh, by doing things that uh, we know are not good for us, we know they're not making us happy, but yeah, we just go in the other direction. Yeah. As my, when I said something about the external body being you know, like our external body is connect like my body is your body, which I mean, my body is my body. I get to say <laughs> what happens to it, but um, that we are all, all connected. I think it's very much this body that is pervading through all the layers that connects all of us. It is the thing that brings us close to whatever you want to call this greater uh, magic that underlies life and that force that connects us all, the universal consciousness, love, lights, God. Yeah. Give it a name. Don't give it a name. It's that which cannot be described. Togetherness. Yeah. Yeah. Nature. Yeah, definitely. And I think we, we get glimpses of this layer um, at times. But it's, then we very easily kind of like turn it off. Yeah. And I think too that we are mistaken to believe that it has to be so dramatic all the time too. I think that was my, my mistake, you know, thinking like, oh, I have to feel this intense uh like euphoric endorphin rush of love then you're just constantly yeah (laughs) then you're just high on something um but yeah that's that it comes in so many forms that i feel i think i realized that contentment and as much as maybe that word sounds so boring i love contentment is yeah, santosha. That's this idea of at being at peace, the feeling of peace within you, the feeling of wholeness, the feeling of yeah, serenity. That that mm. is yeah. That it can also just be very subtle and very chill as fuck. Yeah, it doesn't have to be this crazy explosion of. And I think it's also about recognizing that within yourself, but also with the world around you. Yeah. Yeah, the bliss body. 
So what do, would you say there are good ways to keep up this layer? Let's call it to exercise this layer to to keep it nourished. I think um, there are great meditation practices, practice compassion practices that really tap into this layer. What is that meditation called? Rain? No. Sure, rain, no, no but more... Um, Loving kindness. Loving kindness meditation. I think that's a great practice. Also, the practice of um, recognizing when these when these feelings of bliss arise mm. and in their different forms. And so that if we can recognize those in ourselves that that they it's like this idea of um uh, there's a name for it, and of course I can't come up with a name right now, but the idea that the more, once you see something once, then you see it constantly all over the place, right? Like all of a sudden you're introduced to a new concept or a new word or a new whatever. Well, it's, like, it's like when you fall in love. You yeah. kind of, you know, walk around and, and you see love everywhere. Yeah, It makes a lot of sense. That, I think... Uh, it's the same way within ourselves when we recognize it once like okay there there it is that the more that we recognize the more we are able to see it in ourselves um, on a day-to-day -day basis and I think that just the ability to recognize is strengthening for this body for Anandamaya Kosha yeah so I think I think cultivating some kind of spiritual practice or, or cultivating faith of some kind. I'm not saying that it has to be necessarily related to yoga or religious faith, but um, maybe being of service to others, yeah, helping self, others. Selfless service. This kind of thing of, of yeah, seeing the bigger picture, perhaps. Yeah. Anything that, that, that enhances that feeling. Yeah, any kind of devotional practice. Yeah, definitely like chanting or... Bhakti, or, yoga, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, puja. Yeah. Yeah, these kind of things. Being, I think being in community, uh, which is also often serving, doing some kind of selfless service, but... but yeah, yeah, I think being the there feeling for of being, others. Yeah, being there for others. Yeah. Connects you with this. With this body, <laughs> with this layer of the onion, the core of the the pearl of inside the onion. So now we have uh, gone through the five layers. Anamaya, the food one. Pranamaya, the energy. Manumaya, the mind. Vinyana, the intellect. And the hippie layer. <laughs> Ananda. Ananda. The Cadbury egg. The, the Ananda Maya. <laughs> so behind Ananda. all of these layers, what's there? Yeah. What's there? Behind all of those layers, what is... That's a good question. You can't describe what's there. Because this is the layer surrounding something, right? If there's a layer, there's something inside of it. Yeah. 
But the very deepest layer is not describable with words. Because then you miss the essence of what it is. <laughs> yeah, the very deepest layer is God. Yeah. The universal consciousness. The yeah. Divine spirit. What takes away the duality of reality makes it non-dual. So maybe that was the little guy behind everything this year. <laughs> the yeah. wizard and the Wizard of Oz. Yes. Pay no mind to the... Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. I mean, this is so crazy because now, of course, we're really going deep into everyone, but it makes total sense because it's like, if you take care of your body, you eat well, you keep everything running smooth, you cultivate good positive thoughts or good behaviors, you ask the big questions so that they, you know, you're getting closer and closer to to your Cadbury egg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now you're you're moving more in the in the direction of your yeah, of your heart, of your True of the core self, of your yeah. being. Yeah. Uh, that's why it, it's funny how very often when people really get onto the path of yoga and they start to really take up a consistent practice, you see uh, often uh, when you especially build kind of a relationship with students that uh, along the way, you know, they start to make these choices of, I don't know, maybe getting rid of some uh, relationships that were not good or making some different life choices, uh, changing careers. We've yeah. seen it so many times. Yeah. So in a way, it is yeah moving more in the direction of the heart. Yeah. So that we can all be dancing naked together. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. In a big cosmic universal... Ecstatic party dance party <laughs> yeah it makes sense because we we are fully integrated beings we are we just like to mm -hmm. disintegrate ourselves yeah peel uh. peel the layers people yeah and look at the golden delicious egg that's inside <laughs> no but i think it's a really nice simple system to kind of check in with yourselves yeah because uh, of course all of the layers will always need uh, attention but there's always one layer that is maybe calling for more attention than the others <laughs> yeah my product my product body was just calling you had a so pranic implosion <laughs> Lana was trying to hold the yawn oh, and yeah. she pulled a very weird face. So I'm glad you're still alive. <laughs> awesome. So do you think there's anything you would like to add or? Look at yourselves, people. Reflect upon the layers of who you are. Where, where you can focus more attention on finding more fluidity and openness so that the layers of yourself can communicate well with each other so you can be healthy I think just recognizing recognizing all the layers of yourself is really important in becoming in becoming you yeah I'm becoming whole yeah yeah
All right. Well, before we go, we want to thank you so much for your great support. We've had close to 600 downloads. <laughs> so we're very happy with that. And of course, as always, if you have any questions or if you have any suggestions on topics or issues to discuss, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, you can always email us at info at thebreathingspace.nl um, and you can find us at The Breathing Space. Um, so if you're Googling for us, you can find us there. Yeah, thebreathingspace.nl. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is Mercedes. And this is Lana. And we wish you a great day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>